0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength, our Redeemer, and our Teacher. I pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Service to Jesus must not fill our lives so much that we are unable to hear from Him. I'll say it again. Service to Jesus must not fill our lives so much that we are not able to hear from Him. The message this morning is from Luke, the 10th chapter, verses 38 through 42, which Deacon Robert just read, but I'm going to read it again. It's short. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's look at the context. Jesus and his disciples are traveling. They're on the way. They're in the northern ministry. They're north of Galilee. And they enter the little village of Bethany, like a bedroom community for Jerusalem. It's just two miles away. They've visited Bethany often. And they have friends, and Jesus and his disciples have friends there, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. We know this from John's Gospel. Mary assumes The position of a student. The position of a follower, a disciple. She sits at the feet of Jesus. It's as if she studies under him. The Lord is teaching. Mary is listening. And Jesus is teaching everyone present in the room. And Martha, bless her heart as we say in the South, is distracted. She's drawn away from hearing the Master She's drawn from the room or drawn into a jumble of anxious thoughts. She becomes overwhelmed. One may assume she prepared the meal, or at least much of it. We can imagine the spread was somewhat elaborate, or she would not have become so anxious and troubled. Anxious, of course, refers to this inward uneasiness that she had, and trouble certainly denotes much worry. Worry. Martha, who believes in Jesus' teaching, runs the risk of stifling the Word through her frustration over the worthy goal of hospitality. How many guests are there? We don't know. Martha is trying to serve the best she can. I believe she wants to sit and learn, but is frustrated that her efforts at hospitality keep her from doing so. Maybe she has called on Mary to help and resorts now to calling on Jesus. Let Jesus command Mary to serve. Now, look at this. She approaches the guest of honor, the greatest guest of honor that could ever be. And she interrupts him with her complaints. She asks him to tell Mary to help with the serving. Now, we must assume that in the first place, Martha had hoped this dinner would please Jesus or impress him or at least provide for him. Instead, she interrupts him. She asks him if he does not care that her sister has left her to serve alone. It is as if to say, Jesus, don't you see the injustice in this? (laughs) And Jesus rebukes her gently, Martha Martha, and in his remarkable way and unique way, he simply points out that it is more important to hear his word. Mary is doing just that. Mary has the best portion. The best portion is the one thing that matters. Life has few real necessities. Hearing from Jesus is at the top of the list. Jesus goes on to say Mary's portion will not be taken away. Taken away, of course, means to be removed, like stealing precious minutes from a busy parent. The placement of this story, after the parable of the Good Samaritan, may remind us that hearing is directly tied to obedience. Like the Good Samaritan, right hearing of the word results in the right practice of it. The story of Martha and Mary is followed by the Lord's Prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. At first hearing, one might interpret this passage from Luke as a story about women, but it is actually a lesson about discipleship for all of us. One might believe this passage elevates contemplative observances over acts of service. But in fact, both are needed. The point is not that activity like Martha's is bad. The choice Jesus discusses with Martha is between doing something good and doing something better. Life is full of tough choices. And Jesus is stressing the relative merits of good activities here. For conscientious people, such choices are often the most difficult and the most anxiety-filled. When a tree falls into your great room, there's not much choice. You get out of the way. There's no choice there. Choosing between good and better can be quite hard. I've often said that I make all the large choices in my life. Yes, I, I go to my office and two women make all the small choices. They tell me what to do and tell me when to do it. And I go home and one woman makes all the small choices. She tells me what to do and when to do it. I make all the large choices in my life. They're just aren't any. (laughs) Choosing between good and better is very hard. Good works should flow from a Christ-centered life. They do not produce a Christ-centered life. When we give Jesus the attention he deserves, he empowers us to serve others. While loving concern may be constructive. Jesus cautions that unnecessary attention to physical needs or the cares of the world may hinder the life of faith and the Christian participation in it. Let's take a moment to sit with Mary at Jesus' feet. A friend knew I was preparing a message about Martha and Mary. She thought I would be interested to hear about her aunt. Her 83 year old aunt had always been healthy, and in May of this year, she collapsed. She was taken to the emergency room and quickly diagnosed as suffering from a myocardial infarction. She was taken to the cath lab and had multiple coronary occlusions then she went to have a five vessel coronary artery bypass graft she was taken to the intensive care unit where she stayed for a number of weeks over time her kidneys began to fail and then her liver began to fail They offered her dialysis, but she declined it. They offered her a feeding tube, and she declined it as well. They called in the family. On June the 14th, my friend, her niece, went to say goodbye. Her aunt said, I knew you would come. They exchanged their tearful farewells. Then, seemingly out of nowhere, her aunt looked at her and asked her if she knew the story of Martha and Mary. I did not make this up. This is a true account. Do you know the story of Martha and Mary? She said, yes, aunt, I do. She said, I've always been a Martha. I raised six of my seven children. The first died at two weeks of age. But I raised six of them. And I took care of people. And I took care of your uncle for years. And he passed away three years ago. And I took care of my older son. And he passed away two years ago. Her niece told me that she was a faithful Christian woman. She was always at church. She cleaned the church. She cooked the food. She served the food. She often unlocked the door. She took flowers from her garden and decorated the church. She visited the sick and gave money to those who needed it. And the aunt looked at her and said, you're just like me. You're a Martha. Martha. You are so busy caring for everyone. You raised your brother until he was 40, and then he passed away recently. You cared for your daddy, and now you're caring for your mama. You're a Martha. You're just like me. Child, I did all these things, and you're doing all these things, but I didn't take care of me. I didn't take care of my spiritual needs. I didn't take care of me the way Jesus would have wanted me to do it. I didn't always let Jesus teach me. And I didn't always let him help me or to show me the way. And I don't think you do either. I'm glad I helped all those people. But I wish I had sat in the pew a little while right after i unlocked the church i wish i had sat on the front porch on the swing just talking with jesus i wish i had gotten up just a little earlier in the morning to read more of the word and sometimes i wish i just pushed the button and listened to christian music but i didn't child i don't want you to have these regrets Thirty-one hours later, she passed away quietly in her own bed. After her niece shared this conversation with me, she paused. She looked me right in the eye and she said, Do you know what my aunt's name was? Her name was Mary. Mary. Let us pray. Lord, in the midst of doing good things, may we always keep our focus on you, from whom all good things come. I pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.